Welcome back to Tights Camera Action. It's the podcast that ranks all uh, film genres and, um, uh, you know, comic book movies are right up there. I mean, they're not not ahead of sort of French New Wave, but they're, they're right up there. Um, I'm Stephanie Kachias and I'm joined by Owen Vandenberg. Hello. And Kyle Sherrill. Hi. Hi. And this is part two of our ma- major... Uh, 2019 countdown of the Marvel Studios, Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Uh, They made 20 movies in 10 years. We're ranking all 20. We've, in a previous episode, ranked 20 to 11. Mm -hmm. And now we're doing the top 10. The the 10 to 1 rankings. And um, Owen, do you want to quickly remind us how we're doing these rankings? Sure. I'm thinking of this as Tights Camera Action Endgame, where we've gotten rid of half the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now it's only the other half that remains. We clicked our fingers at the end of the last episode, Mm -hmm. and now um, we're we're left with what remains. (laughs) So what we did was we each individually ranked uh, all 20 Marvel movies uh, as we liked, and then allocated... um, 20 points for the first ranking, 19 for the second, etc., all the way down to one point for our uh, 20th ranking. For each of us, added all those up and then came up with the ranking in total. So here we've actually got, within the top 10, we have we have a three-way tie Okay. for um, for the points total for numbers 8, 9, and 10. Okay. And we also, so when we say number 10, number 9, and number 8, they are because of alphabetical order within those three. Okay. Uh, we also have a three-way tie for number 5 and, uh, sorry, a, two, uh, a tie between number 5 and number 6. Okay. As well, so I'll, I'll bring those up as we go. But I only just noticed that and I realised that that could have really, like, oh, I'm really trying to get this job at, um, <laughs> this internship with uh, Anthony Green. Yes. <laughs> so I just really want to make sure that yeah, yeah, yeah. keeping an eye on all the stats. Yep. Um, all right, so shall we start in with number 10? Yeah, so um, if you're keen on the what we did 20 to 11, listen to the other, other episode, and uh, here we go to our top 10. We're over favorites. the hump. We're over the humps. Mm-hmm. Number 10 from 2011 is the first Thor movie. Thor, oh. 77%. I rank this... At, oh, actually, Steph ranked this as 16. Kyle ranked this as 9. Rotten Tomatoes ranked this as 16. I ranked it as number 3. Mm. Whoa. I am glad that it snuck into the top 10. Mm. So, well, really, your points there... Your, your ranking probably is what got it over there. Absolutely. Owen. Um, cool. Why do you love it so much, Owen? Uh, I mean, I, I have talked about this on a previous podcast, but not on a Tights Camera Action one, which is uh, an old podcast that I used to do that is now defunct and no longer available. But um, I've always really loved how uh, unapologetic uh, the Thor movies have been about space. And I think the first Thor movie really uh, took a strong step for introducing those kind of... Um, what, what would normally be very silly... Uh, like, they are kind of silly elements of the, of the cinematic universe that they have but they don't ever wink at the camera about it. They're never like, oh, sorry, this, this is dumb. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we know it's dumb that we've got space Vikings. They're like, no, look how fucking awesome space Vikings are. Yeah. Here we go. And I think that's a really uh, important part of phase one to kind of take those steps to be, um, to say, here's what Asgard is. Yeah. Here's how they exist. Um, go with it or not. Yeah. And I think it, it really strikes that tone very well. And I do just enjoy the simple, like, fish out of water story mm. of Thor trying to live in... Uh, where is he? New Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the weird thing about Thor is that it's not set in a big city. It's set, like, in some weird town. Mm. And the stakes are weirdly quite low compared to some of the other films. Mm. Like, it's just... 
this big monster, this big sort of um, destroyer monster comes down and, you know, levers a very small town in New Mexico. And it's like, compared to some of the other destructions mm. and some of the other threats of the other films in, in the universe, it's, you know, to see that, it, it, it feels kind of quite quaint mm. in there, its own weird way. There was quite a lengthy Thor run in the comics where... Asgard as a whole is relocated to this little floating city in Oklahoma. Mm. And there was a lot of that same material kind of explored there. This sort of fish out of water culture clash between Asgardian gods and like random dudes in a small town in uh, America. For me, for, for me, Thor ranks very low just because they bleached the crap out of um, Hemsworth's eyebrows to the point that he, he looks like he's an albino. And, um, that's what that's what Thor looked like then. I know, <laughs> I know, but he but looks yeah, so much better in sequence of, in in uh, later movies. And yes. in that first movie, he looks so weird. Um, actually, we did actually do an episode. We on did, Thor, yeah. didn't we? I misspoke. I, I do remember like talking about that. In and the, it was like, on this podcast. Show. What? It was on yeah this show. Yeah, we, we did also do one on this show. So yeah. I, I, I'm just always talking about how much I love Thor. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, go back and listen to that. I'll probably say some of the same stuff. But uh, and you also get a lot of. Uh, Kyle doing his Anthony Hopkins impression. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. You are cast out. What is it? But then he you're always... You're a vain, cruel, arrogant boy. You know what, though? I've realised mm. that it's a lot like your um, impression of your own grandfather. Oh, yeah. It is a little <laughs> bit. We'll get more into the, those impressions for Black Panther. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Kyle's family is from Zimbabwe originally. Oh, okay. So they have uh, quite a strong little uh, South okay. African accent kind of thing going on. But um, I think, uh, look, Thor for me, I don't know. It just, it's just not that great to me. I don't know. I, 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 I know you guys love Thor, but for me, it didn't really come alive until literally two years ago. <laughs> and, you know, with Ragnarok and Infinity War. Um, but with before those two, mm. I really could have took taken or leave that character. Yeah, I think that that's character. a pretty common experience um, too. I think a lot of people don't if you rank had, Thor one very highly. If you had, well, I don't think yeah, Rotten Tomatoes are by any of it. Yeah, yeah, even Rotten Tomatoes got it at sixteen, and that's like of the time. Yeah, mm. which so, which isn't actually that high. Yeah. I think um, you know it's yeah it's a product of the fact that they even try, when you think about it like the fact that they did that phase one and they went let's go Iron Man Thor Captain America mm. it's truly amazing that they got where they got to because mm. those movies are you know uh, yeah they're just sort of of their time but they were setting up a genre they were setting up the format the foundations of what we know to be com- not just in the Marvel Cinematic Universe but really DC and mm. a lot of other films that have come out since then owe a lot to that that phase one kind of style and even though you know it's it's grown up since then and they're not they don't necessarily age that well in hindsight um you know really for what they were it's pretty amazing i think all movies now owe a debt to thor (laughs) you can see see his fingerprints all over all of the oscar contenders for the last few years yeah it's a real legacy yeah the thing i love about thor uh, the first one, uh, which kind of distinguishes it from the Avengers and kind of Thor 2 and Thor 3 to an extent, is that Loki actually has schemes and actually manipulates people. Mm. And that's something, like, considering that's, like, basically the whole of his character, it's something that's pretty rarely seen on the screen. Like, in Avengers, he doesn't really 
manipulate so much as he just points his staff at yeah. someone and then mind controls them. That's another really crappy thing about the Avengers, which we just talked about in the other episode. But yeah, Loki is very badly served in that film. Yeah, he doesn't manipulate anyone no. really. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think he kind of does in the Thor sequels, but in this one, he's actually you know doing it all the time yeah. and kind of doing it well, and that's really, really. Uh, Refreshing for his, for people who like that character. That's something where they've taken they over the, the subsequent movies. They kind of took the teeth out again, probably because of how much we all love Tom Hiddleston. Like, yeah, I think that's why they may have been unwilling to keep yeah. him as a, as a proper villain after that. Because mm. you know we want to. You have to if you're going to keep him in multiple movies. Do you have to make him likable? Well, this is the so. thing. Like we watch him in Avengers, and he's like the bad guy, right? And he's killing people, and he's being cru- quite cruel. And then like. In Ragnarok, he's a hero, like, yeah. pretty much. And even in, in, you know, in the subsequent movies, he's, like, one of your, the favourite characters. Yeah, he's always treated with just this, like, oh, Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, he doesn't manipulate so much as just immediately betray people. Yeah. And that's not really manipulation. That's just, like, I mean, saying you're going to do something and then the person turns around and you try and stab him in the back. Is, is that really, like, being manipulative or is that just being, like, untrustworthy? A little shit, yeah. 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 It's not going... Manipulative is a bit more involved, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. It's... It, it, I'm okay with it being where it is. I think it. I think that's fair, even though I ranked it smaller. I'm not too upset about that one. Uh, second... Uh Play, second of the three-way tie for eight, nine, and ten is Iron Man three. Oh, I thought which, that would be higher. Yeah, got eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes. I ranked it as number eleven. Steph ranked it as fifteen. Kyle ranked it as two. Mm, and Rotten Tomatoes had it as fourteen. Rotten Tomatoes had it. You had hang on Iron Man three. Mm. This is Iron Man three. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes had it at fourteen. Fourteen. I would have had it much higher than that. It's uh, it's what? actually tied with um, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's tied with the next uh, the next one in our um, weird in our countdown as well. Yeah. Well, this is what we mean about when we say, like at the beginning of the other episode, I said, uh, really, you know, you've got your top three to five, and mm-hmm. then you've got your bottom few, and then in the middle, it's just a bunch of roughly all the same movie mm-hmm. kind of thing. And to me, yeah, Iron Man three is one of them. But I thought that most people liked it a lot. Look, for me, mm-hmm. Iron Man three is a movie. <laughs> I think as far as the Iron Man movies go, it's, it's the third one. Wow. <laughs> so I'm not going to take that back. I won't. Wow. There's strong words there from mm. Owen. Mm. Um, I mean, look, I do remember liking it. Uh, I don't remember really much more about it. I know that um, uh, Guy Pierce is good in it. Again, really telegraphed that he's a bad guy sort of thing. Mm. Uh, kind of, it, it, He almost had a like a Edward Nygba Sort of, he reminded me. Oh, of... Oh, it's a very yeah, it's a very Tim Burton Batman movie, like all that. The villain, the, yeah. You know how he's at the beginning and he's like got his crazy hair and he's mm. like, I'm a, I'm a crazy scientist mm. and no one appreciates me. I mean, it's very, it's very Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I remember that. I, I remember. I know it was Joel Schumacher. Don't tweet at me. Mm. Tim Burton produced it. It's the same universe. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Actually, another we we did that. That movie too. Mm. It's good. This this thing where kind of it's kind of like a little clip show. <laughs> We're kind of harking harking back to movie um, episodes we've done. But I think um, yeah, I just I remember the chick dies in it. He kills. It's probably one of the darkest moments in all of the for in all of the MCU is when um, Rebecca Hall gets it. 
Oh, yeah. That was rough, man. And I remember thinking, well, that felt a bit darker than usual Mm. because it was just so cruel and so sort of, I don't know, unexpected. Mm. But that's probably the main thing. And and it had an Adam Pally... Uh, cameo in it and yeah, I love it's a lot him. of fun in it. I, I like the stuff where he's hanging out with the kid oh, he, yeah, the he's kid. like lost all his powers he's lost his suit like mm. that's the typical superhero affair he's lost his powers yeah. what does he do but I like that um, kind of homemade engineering thing because that's where Tony Stark comes from yeah. he comes from that sort of you know mm. that's where Iron Man started was he was uh, you know building things out of scraps yeah so I like that they kind of bookend that and I, and I do love the chemistry between Rob Downey Jr. and that little kid like it's yeah. a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff in there um, but it's much, yeah, much higher for Kyle, so I think we've yeah. got to give him some time to, to, <laughs> to well, talk about what he loves so much. But. I just, above all, I just think it's a clever movie. I think it's a clever adaptation of The Mandarin, and I think it's a clever take on Demon in a Bottle. And both of those things are really kind of classic Iron Man comic things, things yeah. uh, that you really would have difficulty adapting into a into a movie, especially a Disney movie, but I think they actually did it quite well. And uh, I think it had really good action scenes uh, that were quite unique as well, like the one where he's saving the people falling out of the plane, the one-glove-one-boot fight, which I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I just think it was a really well-done movie, and I'm already kind of... I like Iron Man more than uh, Step does, so it, that just kind of elevates it for me. Mm. It's, um, oh, but that's got the bit where Pepper at the end, like, gets... Gets superpowers for 20 minutes. Mm. But then they get taken away. Yeah. yeah. Right. How weird. Yeah. That is weird. She's not allowed to have powers. No, no, no. <laughs> but also, um, and yeah, I've just remembered the Mandarin whole thing where kind of Sir Ben Kingsley does his sort of mm. um, sexy beast character kind mm. of reprised that for like five minutes of the film. Yeah. You just get a, like a little bit of a taste of that. And again, I think good. the casting of that is really clever because the Mandarin, if you don't know him, you can probably guess by the name, basically like a Fu Manchu style yellow peril villain. And uh, it would be impossible to just adapt to the big screen nowadays. Uh, And, you know, thankfully, because you don't really need that. Um, But, you know, to decide to take that awful, like, archetype character and do something kind of interesting with it uh, was, I think, a really good idea. Like, they could have just ignored it completely and just done some other villain. Like, just a straight extremist plotline with Guy Pearce but you know using the Mandarin how they did I think was interesting and the fact they chose Ben Kingsley who is most famous for kind of whitewashing Gandhi in well, uh, the first place actually Ben Kingsley is Indian oh isn't he half well yeah but I, yeah I so think I, it's, it was still a bit uh, I, I, yeah I think that's a bit unfair to him because I think he is anyway it wasn't like it was a white guy completely but yes anyway one of the things that I think uh, could have been that I wish they hadn't done post Iron Man three is they did a Marvel like uh, short. They did one of the I forget what they call them now. The oh the, yeah the one shots yeah the one shots yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, so they did one of the shorts for that and they they had um, it's about uh, Trevor something or other Slattery well, Trevor Slattery um, Ben Kingsley's character in prison uh, for being in prison for being the Mandarin and for impersonating yeah. him. Uh, and then they have this guy interviewing him who then at the end of the one shot it's like uh, they basically reveal that the, the, the real Mandarin is, is, is actually a real guy out there yeah and, and they kind of I think Trevor gets killed or something uh, and it I didn't like it felt like they were um, 
walking back there. Oh, they definitely were. Yeah, yeah, there was still, for all the people that were complaining about, you know, that we should have a Fu Manchu villain in our our movie from 2013, that that it was kind of like weirdly giving them a bit of a concession to be like, oh, don't worry, the really offensive archetype is out there. We're just not showing you because, you know, because, you know... The, the lefties won't yeah. let us and I hate yeah. that they're like giving it I don't don't give them any rope <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't want that done but of course they do yeah you can just that was really disappointing and that. it's like yeah they're gonna backslide and then get like Ken Jeong to come in and <laughs> play his character from The Hangover where yeah. it's just it, give him like a huge twirly moustache and when they actually did something kind of interesting with it. And, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, the whole demon in the bottle, this is another thing that a lot of people don't agree with. Uh, a lot of people, so Tony Stark in the comics had this big plot line where they had to throw an intervention because he's an alcoholic. He gets in his suit drunk, messes a bunch of stuff up, and, you know, then quits drinking. But uh, instead of doing it that way, they kind of made it that his addiction was building suit upon suit upon suit. And uh, a lot of people thought that that was sugarcoating it uh because they didn't go with like substance abuse but i found that that you know that kind of worked for me for the character and it was again like just an interesting spin on just a a piece from the comics that they could have just ignored but they've chosen to kind of roll with it in an unexpected way i don't really remember that it was like Tony, you're addicted to building suits. Well, you, like, you it wasn't the, really. He was building them compulsively, yeah. and then he was hiding that fact from Pepper. Right. So Pepper would be like, "How many suits have you got now? Five? And then he'd go down to his basement in secret, and you'd see yeah. he was working on Mark Fifty something. Uh, yeah. So it, was, it had the same language yeah, yeah, yeah. as substance abuse. And, and well, but then though, the twist on that is that didn't like all of those suits come and save the yeah, day. Yeah, I was going to say that's the really tragic thing about it. Yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting point about that that they kind of thematically worked in yeah. in a bottle in a way that I didn't pick up on the first time I saw it. Um, but yeah, but that's the kind of real tragedy of it is that it's basically saying, oh, this is actually like a good thing. Good thing. Yeah. And then the extended tragedy because the ending of Iron Man Three is that he gives up the suit and mm. walks away. But then he doesn't because, because they keep getting Robert Downey Jr. to come back. So yeah. he's still in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and he's in Avengers: Infinity War, he and just keeps making always, new suits. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Avengers: Age of Ultron came out after this, and they never address it again. It's just, oh, he's just got the suit again. He's yeah, fine. that that was one of the problems. Is that yeah, he goes through this big arc in mm. in, in Iron Man Three, and then. Yeah, he's back in Avengers. Yeah, and they yeah. don't really mention it. It's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. he didn't quit. Like, and he, even in Infinity War, like, there's a throwaway line from Pepper where she says, like, what do you call that? Like, he's he, he makes some reference to like that he's you know oh, it's fine. I'm not I'm not trying to protect the world all the time or something mm. like that. And she says, well, what do you call this? It's like it's just it's just a little and and mm. it's that it with the context of that being his addiction. Mm. That's really like dark. Why yeah. messed up? And it it's is. and it's but it's just like oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. I just I just can't give it up. I just yeah. need this one. The, and that's really messed up. Yeah, <laughs> but just I don't. More. Yeah. yeah, but I don't feel like how Marvel is treating. I don't think they're treating that with that kind of they're intentional him. weight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's that's how it's meant to be viewed. But yeah. uh, but because we've got Iron Man three as that like that yeah. arc that is then just ignored, then it just gives Tony this really like oh man, you never like. You're not giving yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, haven't, yeah. like, really Tony, moved on. It's Tony's funny. had quite a, a strange arc over the course of all the movies. Uh, because, you know, if you take Iron Man 2 and then Civil War, he's kind of on the... It's kind of done a 180. Because in Iron Man 2, it's like, hey, I've privatised world peace. I'm not sharing my secrets with anyone. Uh, the government can do get screwed. Mm. I'm, I'm just doing my own thing. And then in Civil War, of course, it's like... 
no, I have to be accountable and, you know, I have to take my orders from a higher authority and all this sort of stuff. Mm. So, yeah. And also there was the plot where he was dealing with whatever trauma he was dealing with about New York and that mm. was the whole thing as well. Like, they, they roped that in that he was somehow... Yeah, and and that was struggling emotionally with all that shit as well. Yeah, that was also very done very much in the language of the suits as an addiction because he literally he would have his sort of PTSD flashback and then he'd literally retreat into a suit of armor, stagger into the suit of armor. So it was definitely using the language Mm. of demon in the bottle. Yeah, Yeah. and so like I feel like story wise he should have just he should not be in the MCU after Iron Man 3. In terms of a satisfying story and a conclusion that, like, addressed a problem that Mm. he was experiencing, that should be the end of his arc. They just bring him back because they love Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. loves both playing the character and lots of money. (laughs) And... And now yeah, he's stuck it. in a ship hurtling through space after mm. Infinity War. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen to him? He's stuck out there, man. Yeah. What if? Why is Mantis not if helping? If there's him? anything we've learned from Ant Man and the Wasp, it's that sustained periods of solitary confinement <laughs> with no human contact and no hope of escape are actually fine. Fine. Yeah. And they leave no no lasting psychological <laughs> scars. <laughs> We're all, all good. All right. The third of the three-way tie of eight, nine, ten is. Captain America, The First Avenger from 2011. Wow. And this is tied on Rotten Tomatoes for 80% with Iron Man 3. Uh, I ranked this at number 7. Steph ranked it at number 6. Kyle ranked it at 15. Wow. And final rank for us, yeah, 8. So, number 8. For you and I, oh, and this is pretty high. It's an outcome. for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, but, but not very high for you and Rotten Tomatoes. I mm. mean, I, I, yeah, I have a big soft spot for this film. Of It's definitely my f- favourite phase one film. Mm. Um,. I think what Thor is to Owen and what Iron Man is to Mm. to Kyle, I think Captain America is to me. I think um, I I really... I mean, I only ranked it one behind you. Yeah, yeah, no. But but I think in terms of like the character and this trilogy of them, um, uh, those films for me are my my kind of touchstone um, of it and the character as well. And I think part of the reason why is that you know, I think you mentioned before, Kyle, like so many of these superhero characters are like, you know, your Bruce Wayne's, your Doctor Strange, your um, mm. your Tony Stark. They're these flaw- even Thor, mm. arrogant men yeah, who princes, are princes basically. who are. And what what I love about what Marvel did with Captain America was that they created a humble man, like they created a character that should be boring and that is almost too nice, yeah. mm. and that is not an arrogant prick. And they made you like him, partly, and, and, and it is a credit also to Chris Evans, who, you know, oh, you wouldn't could think... could not have it without Chris you, Evans. You, you, you wouldn't, I, be, I wouldn't even thought, wouldn't have even, to be honest, thought he was that great and a good an actor. But when you really think about what he's actually achieved with that character, in mm. not a showy part, mm. in, in the least showy part of all of them, yeah. but he actually does get laughs. Mm. He actually does, and, and he has some of the corniest, silliest lines to pull off, mm. but he pulls it off mm. and you don't hate him and you don't find him annoying. That's actually quite an achievement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and in this movie, when you see him when that, the incredible special, some of the best special effects in this entire uh, universe is, is making him look scrawny. Yeah, yeah. there's beginning. certain shots, there's some that, still shots that don't real work. Weird and His head does look them. a bit big yeah. sometimes, some, and that's the only part yeah. of it that is a bit weird for me. But in general, I actually think it's, it's done good. pretty well. Oh yeah, it's for, and for what 2011, pretty pretty good special effects. I yeah. I, I thought it worked really well, yeah. and 
I loved the I loved the whole plot line with him and Peggy is so sad and tragic yeah. and she's I mean, so yeah, beloved. Gave us Peggy Carter as well, which Yeah, know, gave like... us Peggy Carter who's amazing and she's a great character. Their romance is beautiful. Mm. And just the whole movie I find very romantic and I love that they made a period piece. Mm-hmm. I love that it and it works and it's you know, it's a, a war movie, yeah. <laughs> which I don't even like war movies. <laughs> I actually hate war movies. But, you know, I guess the fact that it is a comic book film and it doesn't shy away from being a fantastical horror. I think what I don't like about war movies is that it, it these sort this kind of facade of quote-unquote realism that they try to go for, which is obviously a complete and utter waste of time. Mm. And I think what I like about this is it's like, well, no, it's not real, obviously. I mean, he's punching Hitler and he's... Mm. Like, Captain America was a character that was propaganda like yeah. he was built for that purpose and the film kind of comments on that and mm. says mm. like yeah. yeah he yes he was a propaganda tool as much as anything but the story behind it is that there was this real person mm. this guy steve rogers and he had a heart and he had a personality and he had friends and he had hopes and dreams mm. and he sacrifices himself for everyone i mean that's like you know mm. it's huge it's, really got it. and that, that kind of through line of like i don't like bullies and i'll stand up to them is like mm. the core of his character and they really nailed that and sold it perfectly i think i actually think i don't like bullies as his motivation for entering world war ii is funnily apolitical I mean, I don't think that's all it is. I think he's still very much opposed to a lot of the other things Nazis stand for. Sure, I think they were kind of. But it's interesting they were trying to tie it to his experience in life. Yeah, and seeing oh, this is bullying. Like this is like the same instinct that leads someone to bully the domination, Mm. the 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 feeling that they are more powerful and therefore should should, dehumanization dehumanization of anyone weak. I I feel like that. That is a that to me is a is a believable through line for that. That's why he would want to. Oh yeah, in terms of the character, yes. In terms of the movie, an interesting motivation for a character who for for a movie that then has no Nazis in World War Two. Yeah, they do. They do get away from it by just having Hydra and specifically having Hydra break away from yes from the Nazis and target Berlin in their yeah. in their bombing. Do you think uh, the Do you think that this movie is responsible for the rise of the alt right? Uh, is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Directly, yeah. yes. Um, Richard Spencer watched this movie. Just, just five years away from uh, the 2016 election. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. This probably preceded most of the alt-right bullshit that we have. Oh, now. it was there. It oh, was yeah, there in, the, there. In, the, in the, the undercurrent of it, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we read out those uh, Stormfront reactions to uh, Idris Elba getting cast as Heimdall oh, in our God, Thor yeah. episode. So, you know, they're always doing their thing. But I think in terms of the modern alt-right, I think it preceded that. But I did find it interesting at the time uh, that, yeah, I don't like bullies rather than Nazis and uh, no Nazis in the movie. And, uh, yeah, Hydra very specifically breaking away from, from Germany. And uh, also there are the Howling Commandos, which is very carefully cultivated multi-ethnic multi-racial crew which at the one time like i'm not it's hard i'm not saying there shouldn't be you know representation in movies (laughs) but i'm saying when you're doing a period piece set in a time when you know segregation and the jim crow laws were still active and then you have a happy black soldier who's just friends with them it's done even worse in wonder woman and at the same time when internship was going uh on Japanese intern camps were happening in the United States and you don't really, you know, you have your Asian character, I'm not sure if he's Japanese, but it it just seemed like it did kind of 
kidify yeah. World War Two well, a bit. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and again, like, it's not hard. I mean, you have Indiana Jones. You can have a fun movie where Nazis me, I, are there. I, I, you know, I have a lot of... I, and this isn't... We're not going to go into this too much because... It's I think the we whole should thing. go into it for the rest of the episode. No. <laughs> I know you want to talk about, you know... But, but the thing is, like, what I find, found so much more offensive was Wonder Woman. And, like, I think mm. you can kidify World War Two to an extent because in World War Two there was a very clear villain and there was mm. a very clear side of right. And you can... Obviously, in war people do atrocities on all sides but to have done what they did and put it in world war one in which millions of people died for literally nothing like that is a completely different kettle of fish in my opinion and i know i'm Mm. probably people would disagree with me but i really do think that you really can't joke about world war one like that um, when men just died in mud because some rich guy got shot in Hungary or some shit. Like, that's not, you know, like, that was the biggest tragedy. World War Two was at least about something. Mm. But like, think- you know, World War Two, as much as it mm. was heinous, at least you can make it about propaganda because at mm. least you could make it about these nationalistic ideas because it had that in it. Uh, I don't know. I just think the... Everything that Captain America... Captain America almost gets a pass from me because mm. of Wonder <laughs> Because I just think, well, at least they didn't do that. At least they didn't have a chick in a, in a fucking miniskirt running through No Man's Land, which I can I still cannot get over people are okay with. But should be fair. I think... I can't even remember what Ares' whole pl- uh, oh, plan was in Wonder Woman, but I think, you it know... him. War. Yeah, but, but <laughs> him, him, being I mean, the, him being the god of war and wanting war for the sake of war... I kind guess of sort of makes World sense. War I, sure. but, but the the heroic sequences of fighting in World War One don't wash. Anyway, yeah. Um, so, I, so I agree. With uh, you. Yeah, but look, I just think it's a fun movie. I think it's well done. I think uh, Chris Evans is gorgeous in it. Like, um, gives it. And oh, and it's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. Brilliant. He's awesome. And the Tooch. Oh, yeah, and the Tooch. Stanley Tooch. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Who is never. I'm, Pretty sure, never bad in anything. No, I've tried no. to find things that he's bad in. He's what? he's in Monkey Shines, and it's a terrible <laughs> movie, and he's still pretty good for, for like someone being in Monkey Shines. Tommy Lee Jones, the original Two-Face. There you go. <laughs> originated the role. Yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, one quick thing about both Thor and Captain America 1, uh, which, interesting that they tied. I think the one-two punch of those two in 2011 was also very important for getting the MCU a bit more... Uh, legs in terms of keeping going because we had Iron Man 1 Incredible Hulk Iron Man 2 so we had like a, like a well received Iron Man 1 Incredible Hulk everyone went eh, it's alright Iron Man 2 most people went that wasn't great this, yeah, this was... Marvel thing isn't working out Thor and Captain America both very individual in tone very different types of stories um, both very uh, unique in their own way. Both carry a lot of stamps of their respective directors without um, clashing too much with the overall universe yeah. plan. I think those that's a re- that's a turning that, point. The fact that those two worked and worked so well for, in their own ways, I think, is a real is a real turning point. We wouldn't be where we are now no, without those two. That's a really good point. Yeah, and I think it's interesting they ranked they both ranked around that uh, around the same spot uh, for that reason. <laughs> So, coming in at number seven, this one, we're, we're past the past the three-way tie now. Uh, this is Captain America Civil War. Woohoo! 2016, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I ranked it at 12, Steph ranked it at 4, Kyle ranked it at 8, and Rotten Tomatoes ranked it at 6. 
it's it's right up there for me because it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Yeah. It didn't work. You don't think it worked? Well, that I got it at twelve, yeah. so like it doesn't work as well for me. I want it to work better than it does. Yeah. Right. And every time I watch it, I want it to be a little bit better than it is. There's lots of little things that are good, but it doesn't work as a cohesive whole for me, and it feels like it feels like a trailer. For, uh, it feels like a supercut of a very long series. Like I'm watching mm. a Game of Thrones season one through three summary to catch up before season four. Oh God, or something I love like those that. on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all love those? But like, uh, it feels like that kind of thing where a lot yeah. of things are just skipped over and like they're here now, they're here now, everyone mm. fights, and it's just it's fine. But there's 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 something um, too rapid to the pace about it for mm. me. Yeah. And, I mean, it's what it's Russo's. Yep. It's the Russo brothers' second yep. Marvel movie um, chronologically. They did Winter Soldier, then this, then Avengers: Infinity War, and are now doing Endgame. Yeah, I think you can see the lessons. In, they, they learn lessons from this that they applied in Infinity War in terms of how to manage so many characters. Yeah, um, and again, maybe that's the the focus of the eventual endpoint of mm. of Infinity War that helps them with that. But they really, this feels more like there's just a big mess of stuff going on. For me, this is. Civil War, and when I say it shouldn't have worked, Civil War in the comics was a big event. Mm. And it's like they, they tried to go, okay, let's make us an event movie that isn't the Avengers, but is kind of the Avengers, but isn't. Mm. And um, and it, I just find it really... Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it almost shouldn't have worked. It was so ambitious and so much movie mm. that it should have been a complete mess. Like, it mm. should have really flopped, in my opinion. And the fact that it didn't and that they ha- still had beats of real emotion. I and guess the only issue is, is it a Captain America movie? Not really. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's Avengers. Yeah, it's an I Avengers it, movie. It's, or it's, it's, a, it's an Iron Man. Like, Iron Man has a bigger plot. Like well, what that, is what that's is That's why I think of it as an Avengers yeah. movie because there's a big disagreement in Avengers Age of Ultron about between Iron Man and Captain America yeah. that is that is continued in this. Yes. So I do feel like it carries a, a through line of plot from Absolutely. Age of Ultron in a way that, that makes it about that that split between them. Absolutely. But like what was like Steve doesn't even have that much of a plot in this movie. I mean I guess what he kiss, he kisses what's her name and that's it. Bucky? <laughs> I, I have one of Elon Musk's deep fakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got that great scene where he kisses Sharon Shane, and Bucky yeah. and um and the Falcon are in the seat in the car and they're like, yeah. <laughs> but um you know it's just it's got Steve doesn't really have an arc in this. Instead, it's really more Tony is the one that has to go through the thing, mm. and then um it's very much Tony's movie arc wise. Like, yeah, the and then the bad wise. guy, the German Zemo, Zemo he has the, he's a great villain. Mm. And he has also a huge arc. And also, if anyone, Black Panther has a big, big, bit of, bigger yeah. of an arc than the It does Steve. a lot of good work in terms of introducing Black Panther and uh, Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man. It's incredible into that the it world. did that. both of those. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's a lot going on, and they do a lot of those things. I agree, Ken, um, Steve doesn't have that much of an arc, but it is... He is still following a consistent thing, which is he's trying to protect his friend. Yeah, absolutely. He's trying to make sure that Bucky's okay and to... To save him. He's constantly trying to save Bucky. And, and he's being driven by an internal compass, a moral compass that is... Yeah, like yes. in Winter Soldier, he found out half the government's Nazis and no one even noticed for like 60 years. So now he's like, no, I don't really trust the government. Yeah. So that that make, that washes. Um, it's funny, the Civil War comics and their tie-ins, they were kind of criticised at the time because there'd just be like a bunch of huge fights between different heroes and then in between punching each other, there'd be like, you know... 
we should be held accountable by elected representatives like uh, the police force. And then the other guy would get punched and he'd be like, no, it's like we, sh- we should listen to our own internal compasses because uh, political operatives can't be trusted. Because they can be corrupted. Yeah, and all this sort of stuff. And I think uh, actually Civil War could have maybe benefited from them fleshing out their positions and reasonings just a little bit more. Like, I mean, yeah. as you said, it was mainly he was like trying to help Bucky, but... I think he could have just had one or two sentences just saying why he disagreed so badly with the Sokovia Accords, and uh, that would have made it a little, I think, clearer. Uh, The thing I didn't like at all about this movie is that, you know, they fought, but they didn't end up on really bad terms, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. They, they, They walked back, right at the end, they walk back the complete split to be like, hey, here's a phone. Yeah, um, and and they're obviously. But also, stuff like they didn't the even like. Anymore. Yeah, they had a like a physical fight, but and and you know, Rhodey was injured, but I didn't get the sense that it was like this fundamental, irreparable split. Like mm. it just seemed like a disagreement. Uh, no, I I mean, yeah, I agree. They walked it back a bit, but the end was pretty devastating. I mean, he's locked up with mm. like he he locks up half of them. Mm, but like, that's which pretty then bad. has no consequences. Well, either. I know, but then and we do see the consequences of that rift in Infinity War to an extent because there are now like two teams basically that Cap'n mm. and Tony don't meet up in that film and they don't have they basically just do their own thing in it. Mm. Um, you know, I but I, I, I didn't get the sense that it was a friendship destroyed. Like I got the sense that they're just on different sides of this issue, and as a consequence but, of that, Cap has to go on the run. Well, to, but the, to it, be fair, they were never really friends. Yeah, but I, I didn't get the sense that they were at the end completely like against each other because they weren't. Cap and Cap ends on a friendly note, and then Iron Man is kind of bitter, but not. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, I don't really want to hang out with that guy anymore. Mm. I remember in the in the Civil War comics, there was this really beautiful one-off issue where, in the midst of all the Civil Warring, Tony and Cap just meet up for a one-on-one in the old Avengers mansion. And it's like the heat. It's yeah, like I was gonna the say heat. the scene in heat. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's always trying to do the scene in heat ever since that. Yeah, uh, they just try and see if they can give it one more shot at just hashing it out mm. with words. And then as they're doing it, it's just showing flashbacks of them being friends and all this sort of stuff. And it just ends with the sense that oh man, their friendship is just irrevocably broken, and it's really sad. Like these two old friends are just they've crossed this Rubicon, and now you know, something's been destroyed. And I just didn't get that sense at all in Civil War. I think if they'd left it more more damaged like that, that it would have had... It would have given more stakes to Infinity War as well because mm. they don't meet up and they mm. don't reconcile in Infinity War. But, like, Tony gives him gives the phone to someone else and so they, they yeah. still get in touch with Cap, but Tony's off in space. That would give that even more... Yeah. Because he'd be like, I like... You know, if he's like, I can't. I can't talk to him. Yeah. But like, but, you know, I'm gone. And so then that just makes it a little more tragic. It could have... Yeah, I I think they could have... It just feels like they weren't quite willing to make... Mm. Again, like, to to make a big move that has lasting effects. They just always got to walk it back a little bit. There was no betrayal. Uh, And and you really need a betrayal in order to sell a a friendship rift. The Um, best betrayal was that ultimately Natasha sided with Cap. Hmm. Well, that I think was the only flipping of sides in the whole thing. But that was the best. But that was very satisfying because it always felt wrong that she would side with Tony, and that she wouldn't. And that in the in, when push came to shove, she did what was right. Was good. I look. Hmm. I liked it. 
it has a scene it has a bit where <laughs> spider-man says you know that old movie and he's mm-hmm. like referring to empire strikes back which is like a better mm-hmm. joke than um joss we like just mm-hmm. wish he could write that and he didn't you know like so it's it's got it's got all the character moments it's got some cool fight scenes it's got uh, for me it had emotional stakes like I said, I, it shouldn't. It wasn't perfect. I would agree, but it, it certainly was a lot better than it had any right to. Yeah, be. no, it was yeah. a really cool movie. So coming in at number six, we have Spider-Man: Homecoming. Ooh. Yeah. Nine, sorry, ninety-two percent Rotten Tomatoes. I put it at number four. Steph put it at number eleven. Kyle put it at number five, and Rotten Tomatoes put it at number five. So mm. this will be interesting. I mean, I know you guys love it. I think it's the... Uh, until Spider-Verse came out, I was like, this is the only, like, this is the best Spider-Man movie. Not Spider-Man 2? What? Spider-Man 2? No. That's, I mean, that's fine. It's good. It's the best of the Sam Raimi ones. But yes, I think Homecoming is a better Spider-Man movie than Spider-Man 2. And I think Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with, with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse was um, sublime. Just on another level. But uh, yeah, I mean, look... To be honest, I can't really remember much that, that happened in this movie. I find it one of the least memorable for me. Really? I find, yep, I don't really remember what the main fight was. I mean, I know that um, uh, Michael Keaton was the bad guy. Uh, I don't really remember what the final fight was. Was it? Was there a boat? There's um, a boat at one point. There's a boat in, not the, in the middle. Final fight. In, yeah, yeah the middle so of the I don't even remember sequence. the final fight. I don't really remember. Was he MJ's dad, or am I thinking of no, the? No, no, he was. No, he's he's the he's the love interest's dad, whose name I've forgotten. Liz, I apologize. Yeah, Liz. He's Liz's dad. Um, MJ is just sort of there. the friend. Yeah, yeah, she's just there being sarcastic. Right, yeah. right. I don't even remember Liz. Who was Liz? His love interest. Okay, I don't remember that at all. He saves her. All right. See, for me, I find it very sort of like very unmemorable. But yeah, that's I, that's okay. See, you, need, you need goddamn hypnotherapy to recall the details of most of these Marvel movies. Yeah, I know, really. but, I, but, but see, I've got like key fights in my head. I've got, you know, I've, I, I even know, you know, that the... I, I don't know, I can barely picture this. But sorry, so you guys talk about it because I can't really no, remember much fine. about it. It's, it's It's one of those things where... I don't know, I really liked... The the parts that they get right really worked for me in, to a level that I... Um, that, 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 that helps me really enjoy the overall thing. So, like, the feeling of him being a real high schooler, actually being a kid, getting that feeling yeah. of, of really capturing that sense of just the drudgery of going to high school, mm. having those kind of annoying responsibilities as a teen. I feel like they gave a really good sense of him being a kid from Queens. Like, they'd spend time on, like, how he interacts with his neighbourhood, and they show consequences for mm. his neighbourhood where, like, his favourite deli gets blown up. And it's like, mm. these are, like, should be simple things, but, um, I don't know, it, it, it's something that so many other Spider-Man movies try and make him the ultimate hero or they mm. give they, they give all these other huge stakes to it and he is the, this one kid. kind of focuses on making him the friendly neighborhood spider-man mm. i think it's one of the best th- things to have happened about him joining the larger marvel universe is that he's not suddenly given uh, a rank within the marvel universe that is um commensurate with his rank as a well-known character in popular culture which is often mm. why i think spider-man is always treated that way in yeah. other movies 
he's now just a kid that's like in the in the world and he's just swinging around and he's not Thor yeah, yeah. he's not and Thor he, yeah, he's not yeah, super yeah. but he doesn't know he's not Thor yeah, which yeah. Is, yeah yeah and it's fun and Tom Holland is just is just great he's so like fun yeah, and awkward and charismatic I really love the bit where he's just standing there it's like early patrol montage he's standing there and a guy's just yelling at him from the street going mm. like and you're that Spider-Man guy from you're that Spider guy from YouTube. And he's like, call me Spider-Man. And he's like, okay, Spider-Man, do a flip. And he does a flip, and the guy goes, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite bit. It's because they've they just focus on that interaction with the community, and it's an, it's, oh, it's, it's nice to see those elements. Not like, a Spider-Man movie without some New Yorkers. Yeah, I mean they've always done that, but then like by comparison, in Sam Raimi, it's the the whole climax of the movie is that hey, you, hey buddy you mess with one New Yorker you mess with all of us we're yeah. gonna throw our garbage at yeah. you the <laughs> like, entire city comes out yeah. and, yeah. and they, they do it even it's worse like than Spider-Man chorus. 2 where he's like like yeah, you know, the Christ imagery yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah so this is this just feels much more fun I think I, I, to me it, it, it really captured the spirit of the character and mm. what that character can be without making it um, so overblown. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it's definitely... Ch- uh, look, Tom Holland is definitely very charming. I would agree with that. He And I think he is the best... By far the best, like, live-action hmm. um, uh, Peter Parker. Um, but, yeah, I just find it really... I can't really remember what happened in it. A uh, really cool take on the vulture. How, you know, like a vulture is just gathering these bits and pieces from all of the other bigger movies from the rubble and kind of making shit with it, with the tinkerer. And, uh, yeah, kind of cool take on that. Mm. Uh, also, Michael Keaton I found pretty intimidating slash scary, especially, like, when his mask glows with the green eyes. Mm. And, yeah, I, I found that really cool. He's a very Breaking Bad-esque villain in terms of that, like, I'm doing this for my family mm. and that justifies everything. And, like, but he's actually, like, not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that was an interesting element. Donald Glover's in it briefly, yeah. and they imply that he's uh, Miles Morales' uncle, mm. I think. Or, they, yeah, like, that's the character he's played. That's, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, th- there's a lot of really good character moments. Um, I love that Donald Glover bit where he's trying to buy that high-tech weaponry they're selling, and he's like, uh, I just wanted, like, a, a gun. gun or something. <laughs> not, not something that, like, shoots people back in time or whatever. <laughs> And yeah, it's just like they're they're all just in the shadow of these larger than life characters yeah. in movies, which is where they should be. Standing so. in the shadows of gods. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I guess it perform it pl- performs a nice little bridge between I guess what the Netflix um, mm. the series of New York like the Defenders mm. um, universe and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then I guess yeah Spider Man's like the bridge between the two mm. because you can kind of imagine him in both worlds. Yeah. So. Whereas, because on their own, those two worlds don't really have a lot to overlap with yeah. each other. But mm. I think Spider-Man is that, that link. And it's, it's, oh, just on that note of the, the different scales between Defenders and um, Spider-Man, like, the thing that always annoyed me about Daredevil, uh, the Netflix one, was that they always like talk about it as, I'm trying to keep my whole city safe. He's like, I must protect this city. But they also just talk about how he's just doing Hell's Kitchen, mm. which is like eight square blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a small region, but they always act like he's defending a whole city. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Spider-Man, they specifically say, I'm just looking after Queens. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my... This is my, he, I'll this get is my the, turf. I'll get the Staten Island Ferry. Mm. That's fine. But, like, mostly I prefer to stay over yeah. here because <laughs> that's where my school is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird that the, the, the one in the cinematic universe is actually smaller scale than the one on, yeah. the, on the Netflix series. Well, his, the Netflix series has its... Yeah, yeah it's it's a lot of problems around. there. His suit doesn't really work for me. The AI in it. 
I can't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, I think that he's got like those. like Tony as Jarvis. He okay. has like a, an AI that kind of talks with him and stuff. Yeah, that's eh, a little too much. I I really wish at the end when he gets that new costume, he just decides to go, you know, no, and I'll I'll stick with my cloth one or whatever, because he had that line earlier I'm nothing without the suit and Stark's like well if you're nothing without the suit you shouldn't have it so I thought at the end he should just go back to basics and just say well you know I need to work well, on I mean he does for the the climax of the movie yeah but the then not thing. then he gets his fancy new one for no he rejects the fancy fancy new one but he's still he got his old fancy, new one yeah his old it's still fancy pretty one. fancy it is very fancy yeah I mean, it's interesting there's that, that line in it because that's if you compare that to the Spider-Verse theme movie, which is anyone can wear the suit. Yeah. That, 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 that Spider-Man is an everyman. He mm. is anyone. It's about being a hero. It's, it's or, and, about, and, yeah. and Well, the point is anyone can be. It's not... Yeah. You don't have to be special, quote-unquote. You, you do know? need to be able to climb on walls. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being bitten by a radioactive spider or being a pig... A, a spider that was bitten by a pig... Isn't that Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you have to be bitten by something, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, strongly to remember, maybe I need to rewatch this movie. Mm. I think I do. Yeah, we really should have rewatched it prior to recording. Have you only seen it once? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. And I don't think I saw it at the movies. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, like, I don't know, there's fun soundtrack stuff as well. Mm. Um, I never remember who directed this movie, and I can't right now either. And I don't know if that's like good an insult or, or yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad. Like I just always forget. Anyone who it could is. have directed the movie. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know. Compared We're, to say like Mark Webb directed the Garfield ones, uh, mm. and yeah, wait, Gar- wait, Garfield the cat was yeah, Garfield the cat was playing Spider-Man. Spider-Man right. Another movie we could have reviewed had you guys allowed me. <laughs> oh, we don't speak of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's. It's what it is. It's good. I, I think it's quite good. I think it. I think it deserves uh, a high enough ranking. I'm pretty happy with it being at number six. In yeah, ours. that's pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. I, I think it's. I think it's a credit to it that overcoming spider fatigue, which is a real problem that audiences are having overall, because we're never without another Spider-Man movie coming along. I think that they've the last two Spider-Mans have been the best two Spider-Mans or some of the strongest ones story-wise. I think that's a real credit to them finally figuring out what's good about that character. Spider fatigue is a serious problem. Uh, on a serious <laughs> it's, uh, it's the silent killer, and if you or a loved one is being affected by spider fatigue, mm-hmm. there are places help. that help. Yeah, so. and helplines, and um, and hey, just like just talk to someone. You know, mm. everyone everyone loves you, and, and is here to help. Mm. Okay, coming in at number five, and the top five is very interesting to me. Both the ones that we have and the order in which they are here. Number five is Avengers Infinity War Ooh. from 2018. I ranked this at number six. Steph ranked it as number three. Kyle ranked it as number 11. And Rotten Tomatoes also has it as number 11. Kyle is a real stand for Rotten Tomato. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You and, you and the, the critics of the world seem very I just much alive. Fit in the mold. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, look, I loved this movie. I had it, did I have it number three, didn't I? Yeah, I had number it pretty three. high. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. Are we, are we not agreeing on this? No, we are. I mean, no, we've got it at number five. I know, but Kyle <laughs> had it at number 11. Oh, uh, I mean, it's just in the middle of that big blob of the no, equal No, see, I think it takes, me, so. takes another level. Up. I think it's interesting that for you it's in the middle of the blob, but for us, but for, for me, that's where the blob, like, that's just above where the blob starts for me, mm. um, in my, just looking at my overall rankings. Um, yeah, like the... 
It's definitely... I think it's definitely the strongest Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also... Uh, it is just... Imp- like, it's impressive in terms of managing to pull off something that's still kind of watchable with that many threads and characters exactly. and everything else mm-hmm. going on. Um, I think the, there's a lot of strength to how m- much work they put into giving Thanos time as a character. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they go out of their way to try and make him sympathetic in a kind of, oh, he's not really a villain way. I think he's still definitely a villain. Yeah. But they do that... The I feel like they, they spend a lot of time giving you, trying to give you more understanding of his motivations without necessarily endorsing those motivations. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with the Gamora sacrifice. Yeah, like definitely. They, they needed that 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 soul stone needed mm. its needed a thing, and it needed something that would mean something to people. And the only way they could do that would probably be to kill off a character. And the only character that really makes sense in mm. that in that scenario is mm. her. And but then they had to kind of beef that up because you didn't really know too much about mm. their relationship, so they had to show that. I loved that whole sequence of the Soul Stone coming yeah. there to that weird planet, and then it's my favorite character, the Red Skull, is mm. like in his cloak has been the guardian of like the Soul Stone. You know, mm. but you guys know how like in the movie, like I went, oh my god, Hugo Weaving came back. Yeah, that was no. not Hugo. No, Weaving. it's not Hugo Weaving. No, no. it's an impersonator. Yep. Amazing. Well, Hugo Weaving was impersonating Werner Herzog anyway. Well, yeah. yeah. But still, like, it was, you know, it, at the time, I didn't pick it at all. Like, it, f- it seemed like the Red Skull to me. Like, yeah. Anyway. I just love that he's been on this planet for, like, the last 60 years. Just, just like... Just like Janet Van Dyne. Just per- perfectly happy. Yeah, but just <laughs> keeping himself entertained by, like, posting in alt-right forums. <laughs> and, yeah, it brings to mind that old character the reddit skull that we had i just love thanos (laughs) getting there and it's like how did you survive for 60 years it's like it is called vitality super powder i bought it from (laughs) the alex jones store and it has kept me both strong and full of testosterone you know you can't all the food has soy in it nowadays (laughs) he's like you'll have to sacrifice your daughter you fucking cuck (laughs) you are the original soy Soy boy boy. (laughs) don't get me started on the new star wars movies (laughs) i think ray is a mary sue Thanos, do you want to own your own business? Do you want possession of the Soul Stone and to own your own small business mm-hmm. and be your own boss while selling super vitality power powder and sacrificing Gamora? You can get both. Wow, mm. it's, he really nearly became uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, get him to chopper. <laughs> um, no, look, I thought... you, But again, like kind of like um, Civil War, this really had no right to be as good as it it was yeah, considering I'll, how many I'll definitely endorse that one more for this one I think like, this is much better than, than I ever expected considering how be. many co- characters are in it consider I mean they even introduced new characters they introduced um, uh, Peter Dinklage as the guy that oh, did, E3 E3 which was amazing um, and I mean and I've I said this before Avengers Infinity War is and it's funny it didn't rank higher uh, than than the first Guardians but Mm. um, it to me is the best Guardians of the Galaxy movie I felt like the Guardians were fantastic in this film and somehow the Russo's brothers got them better than James Gunn did like he kind of got the dynamics just right he kind of he didn't have too much Groot in there he didn't have Mm. too much of the my issues with like um, uh, what's his name uh, Drax. Drax. And yeah, uh, just sort of, it just it was just the right yeah. kind of mix of them, I thought. Yeah, I thought that was and putting, really well handled. 
and putting Thor with them was genius and that whole the Thor storyline if you told me that Guardians and Thor would be the best parts of an, of an Avengers movie, I would have laughed you in You thought face. that Thor's plotline was the best part of Infinity War? One of, yeah. Getting the axe? Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, no, I that's usually, that. that's, it's Oh, it's, it's just funny because usually people say, oh, that whole subplot with Thor and Rocket and Groot going off to get an axe made. That was like one of my of... favourite parts really? of the movie. Okay, Absolutely. Because I love Groot and Rocket... And Thor together. Mm-hmm. I love the the build up, and you're worried that they're not going to get the axe, and then he makes and the group makes the axe with his arm, and then they come down to Earth, and mm-hmm. Thor's like, "Give me Thanos!" And then mm-hmm. they had that awesome seat fights on the thing. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then he gets to go, "I am Groot." And he goes, "I am Steve Rogers." Mm-hmm. Like were all the best parts of the movie mm-hmm. had to do with Groot and Thor, and yeah, I just, I just thought that was great. Yeah. I, I loved that. There's lots of like fun things like that throughout. I feel like I like that they give a lot of weight to this creation of these very powerful artifacts because that's something that's kind of hinted at but never really been properly done, like the fact that they forge Mjolnir uh, and then that it's not just go get a big axe. It's like this is, no, you have need... to forge this in the heart of a star. We need something mm. like as important as as, as Mjolnir or the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, yeah. That they, they, they also made that for Thanos. Like this idea of giving this significance to these things, you can't have that without that plot line. Mm. So I, I like that it's there, and I also like that it kind of changes the pace for... There's 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 some weird pacing going sure. on in Infinity War. There's a point where it kind of feels like everyone's just sitting around waiting for their big fight, mm. uh, to the point where like they're on the planet and they're literally just waiting until Thanos shows up. Mm. And then... When they're in Wakanda. No, oh, no, no, no. When, on, they're on, uh, when they're on Titan. Oh, that's right. When yeah, they're on yeah, Titan yeah. and they're just kind of like sitting around and Doctor Strange is just doing, like, just looking through... Time Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> 14 million futures seems too high for me. Oh, it seems too little. Shouldn't there be infinity futures? Yeah, but 14 million... F- I mean, it yeah. feels like we've watched freaking 14 million movies and it's only 20. Like, <laughs> I, I think it should have just been like a couple of hundred. Like... <laughs> I guess. I think it's one of those things where you need to feel like he's looked at enough to feel like the, that it's not just oh I've thought of a couple of things that could happen yeah. but I mean how long are these futures going for is he looking at like the next half hour or the next couple of days I guess it depends on at what point Thanos gets the stone in each of them yeah but that would still be like millions of years yeah been doing <laughs> and he's fine because that's what happens that's, in the Marvel yeah. universe yeah they could have got <laughs> Janet Van Dyne to do it she yeah, did, yeah. Sat 14 billion futures, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Look, I, 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 look, I agree. A movie with this many characters, yeah, there's gonna, and this many plot lines, there's going to be bits of it that don't quite work, but considering the excitement that is delivered and the build-up that we've been having to this character, Thanos, and to this fight, it didn't disappoint. It delivered yeah. in pretty much every aspect, and... You know, the Russos just get it. They just, it's hard to explain. They just get it. Mm. Um, they know ba- that the word that keeps coming back in my head is balance. This, they get perfectly con- balanced as all things should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they just seem to understand when to pull back and when to go hard and. And they're not, and they don't direct like TV. They they say they have a cinematic style, and mm. all of those things combined worked. Um, and I just think it was awesome, and I want to see it again. Like I yeah. just, um, you know, I want to see them fight each other. And there's just so many. And the thing that the Russos do really cool, which I love, is that they 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 have these awesome, you know, if you, you compare it to the, the to the Avengers, right, where, you know, 
Joss Whedon basically stops the movie to like have the iconic moments. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the the, 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 the the scene where they're all in the middle and the, the camera goes around them or the Loki getting hit by um, Hulk scene or the last scene where sort of like they're all looking at the camera and like... Yeah, like, where they're all standing over yeah, him yeah, and you yeah. get the, the hero shot. Yeah. Like, Joss Whedon's like, look, I'm making a cool part of the film where mm. all of the... And like, you know... And we said at the time for phase one, that was what people wanted. They just mm. wanted the poster shot, you know? The Russos are giving us the poster shots, but they're folding it in to things and, and it's coming through organic, much more organically. The, mm. the thing that keeps coming to mind is the, the Wakanda battle and it just cut, there's a wide shot of the, of the battle scene and everyone's running and you just see um, Black Panther and Captain America sprinting yeah, ahead yeah. of everyone mm. and the whole crowd roared. Mm-hmm. And because people are just like, yeah, they'd yeah. be like outrunning everyone mm. and going straight to the head. And it's just, it was part of the story. It wasn't mm. like, the, the, they didn't make a big deal out of it, but they did show it and it was there. And we yeah. got that. We got that thrill out of it as fans, mm. so they they managed to serve as fans as well as you know pushing story along. It's just cool. Yeah, if I had to pick a word for the first Avengers, it would be forced, and the yeah. third Avengers is natural. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. Which is weird because you would expect that story to be even more forced when mm. you've got like a, a list of uh, Infinity Stones to collect and yeah. a list of conflicts to happen. Yeah, and a list of, of characters to have their moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, they did do a really good job of making it feel. But yeah, have a look at the organic. thing. Yeah, have a look at the the scene where Thor meets Captain America and Iron Man, and they have their little fight in a dark forest. To the scene where uh, Stark, Spider Man, and Doctor Strange yeah. meet the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, and they have their little fight. Yeah. It's night and day. Absolutely. Mm. One of them takes place at night, Mm. and one of them takes place in the day. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to number four. Uh, Oh, I should say as well, uh, number five and number six were also tied. Okay, so Uh, so that was Avengers: Infinity War and Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay, but now top four are interchangeable. Number five. Okay. Yeah. Interchangeable is also a word I'd use for a lot of these. (laughs) That's also fair. But the rest are in order now. We don't have the rest have their own unique scores, Uh, and the difference between number two and number one. Is one point. Ooh. Right, Guardians of the Galaxy is number four. This wow. got 91% Rotten Tomatoes. I ranked it at nine. Steph ranked it at five. Kyle ranked it at four. Rotten Tomatoes ranked it at seven. Wow. Um, a, a lot of people mention this movie as a turning point mm. in in the in the universe, and I think that's. I think it look it's a great fun movie and it definitely I suppose is a turning point in in the sense that it I guess it's one of the first movies where they handed something to a director and let him do something a little bit more free freeing with it. Yeah. Just and a little bit. Just a little bit more. Yeah, not completely, but definitely it has a much more um unique flavor to it than the other films did and it pushed comedy a lot harder Mm. um, which then definitely impacted the rest of the films Mm. definitely impacted the tone of the the movies that came after it which is a pretty big deal um, considering I I have a feeling on what's going to be a pretty high up there for us is is probably an outright comedy Um, but Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the barrel of last Black Panther. Um, but you know what I mean. I, I just think so. So in that sense, it definitely is a very um, important film. Like in in the in the scheme of it, is it as does it hold up as good as it could? Uh, I think. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I think Infinity War 
gave us Guardians moments that were just as good and weren't their own movie. So mm. I guess it shows that it, you don't have to do much. And I, and I suppose the fact that Guardians 2 was so... So, yeah. so has sort of maybe tarnished this movie a little bit. What do you yeah. guys think? Um, I mean, I was just thinking as we were going down how many of the number two uh, movies within the MCU are actually good or better. Uh, and really, there's just Captain America 2 and mm. maybe Ant Man and the Wasp, but like that's kind of very close. Very close. Yeah, yeah and most of them are usually a step down yeah. uh, in mm. a way that, that, that feels like you, didn't, you probably didn't need this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the important things it did in terms of developing the universe was it took space away from the Asgardians. Mm. It made space bigger by saying, also, there's all these other things happening in space. Yeah. There's the Nova Corps, there's, mm. the, there's, you know, this whole, um... Well, there's the Kree. Yeah, there's mm. the Kree. There's all these other societies. Yeah. There's a lot more interaction between mm. them. There are, there's, there's, uh, tense peace. There's, you know, yeah. the possibility of war at all times. There's different power, mm. powerful factions. Um... And, yeah, just having that kind of fun tone, I yeah. think, to it was, was also very hmm. useful to, to, to inject a bit more levity into that. And it could have been lame, but it really worked well having, essentially, Star Trek aliens, where it's like, this alien species is like humans, but... But blue. But blue, or with weird ears, or yeah. something. And it's just fine. Like, yeah. That's the kind of universe it is, which is a huge relief from... Having all of the aliens be CGI and look noticeably different. Like, you could just have a John C. Riley alien with, like, his pink-skinned family, and it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, aliens just look like us, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, it, it does have that... It, ta- it did take us into the space opera world, the Star Trek, Star Wars world of, like, well, there's gal- there's galaxies and different planets mm-hmm. and different spaceships that fly between them, and you go from planet to planet and going on adventures, and it just... Brings that, mar- but brings a Marvel element to that, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. It had a weak villain, um, yeah. Ronan the Accuser, who will be back again in Captain Marvel. The Crees will oh, be. Oh yeah, right. The Crees will be. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel herself, kind of, in a worrying way, is like half Cree, I guess, because yeah. they they take her, and so the Crees will be back, and the Scrolls will be back. Uh, well, the Scrolls will be seen in the new movie. So oh, that the Scrolls have been in every movie so far. Oh yeah, we just don't know. Which oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Falcon or uh, William Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that's my. I reckon that's, Thunderbolt that's, Ross is a scroll. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's, that's a pretty a common theory. Because okay. uh, he's a he's a position of power yeah. as well. Like he yeah. may have been replaced post Hulk and then went into politics, but because he's Secretary of State yeah. now, yeah. it makes sense. But uh, to me, that one makes sense. Well, we had um, thought maybe Rhodey. Well, War Machine gets Rhodey, thrown yeah. around a lot in terms yeah. of who's the scroll. Yeah, like at the end of Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, but look, yeah, I, I think Guardians is probably suffered a little bit from what has followed um both and also to be honest chris pratt's sort of clout has kind of waned a little Mm. bit i think he was very it was a big deal when he got that movie and he was great in that movie but then subsequently you know he's sort of become a bit of a parody of himself i think jurassic world just kind of everyone's a bit over him now and so i'm not but i I understand people who are Uh, and i just think it's a bit sort of I think I think this movie is suffering from like hindsight. You know, in, in hindsight, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it doesn't hold up as probably good as it did. But at the time, it was pretty huge. Yeah, I still I still would rather sit down and watch that one than well, obviously than Guardians two. Yes, but like if I want like a fun space Marvel movie, then yeah. I'll probably go to that one like 
more often than Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Hey, we've ranked it pretty high. Yeah, I was surprised at how high it got, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Mm. And yeah, weak villain, but with one of my favourite villain moments in all the Marvel films, where it goes up to that dumb Power Ranger villain from the first Avengers movie and just, and just yeah. like snaps his neck. Yeah. That was good. All the way around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that was, yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I really like Lee Pace and I think that the character potentially had a lot of potential. It was a really fumble because it could have mm. been quite a good villain, I think. Mm. Yes, no um, Malekith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this was also one of the ones that had the uh, recurring um, final problem motif of uh for the final fight of a big thing is going to crash into the ground and we need to stop it from crashing into the ground because if Mm. he reaches the surface of the planet then he'll destroy the planet Mm. with the power stone whereas like you know avengers 2 also has that with the with the meteor um there's a lot of just like we need to stop keep keep this thing in the air yeah um which i guess might be also a good metaphor for the probably the anxieties of marvel studios themselves is it in phase two like for some reason they really liked stories about oh god this huge thing needs to stay afloat somehow (laughs) yeah (laughs) well uh, it's a nice change from oh there's a big shooting light in the sky yeah well that was yeah that's 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 phase phase one one. (laughs) (laughs) uh shall we move on to number three yes all right Black Panther. Number three. I bless the rain. Okay. Nope. Here we go. Here we go. Here you we mean go. Aquaman? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I cannot um, believe that Aquaman got that song and not... Yeah. And, and um, all, all Black Panther had was a dumbass album from Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Oh, only the greatest recording artist of today. Um, no. Black, okay. Black Panther is at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is uh, number two in my ranking. Number eight in Steph's ranking. Number six in Kyle's and number one for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's very and well reviewed. Oscar nominated. It has Oscar been nominated, nominated for, for best picture. For best picture, it just won the Screen Actors Guild Best Cast, mm-hmm. which is kind of like their Best Picture award. Which is was when I read that, I was like, "What? Like that is crazy to me." But this movie is a cultural phenomenon more than it is anything else. Um, look, the issue with Black Panther is that it's actually not the best Marvel movie and everyone is talking about it as if it is. I still think it's a very good one. I, I think it deserves top three here. Mm. Like, I think... I, I'm glad it got to top three because I, I knew that... I think I'm, I knew I was fonder of it than either of you, mm. but I, I do think it deserves to be there. So re- I recently rewatched it yeah. and, I, and I definitely liked it more than I remembered. There's great things about it, don't get me wrong. Um... I think it really, I mean, the production design, the look, the um, pan-African design, the costumes, like all of that stuff mm. is great. And I love it. And I love watching it. I love the design of Wakanda. Um, the villain is by far the best villain that Marvel has ever had in one of its films, mm. by far. And he carries the film a lot. Yeah. To the point where it starts to say something about Chadwick Boseman and the character of Black Panther itself. I don't being, think so, but... Being, I do. Uh, being a little weak. And the character itself being pretty weak. Uh, he's just a... He's like a lamer... What is he? Like, what's his... He's what, a bit too perfect. What is his yeah. arc? Like, oh, the great power comes great responsibility. Like, we've seen... I, there didn't seem to be... He's like kind of like an African Captain America in the sense that he's just really virtuous and really, but but unlike Captain America, he was born into greatness. He was he didn't come from nothing. He mm. was a, you know as prince, so you know he's expected to be great. 
like Iron Man 2, it's got the Sins of the Father plotline mm. that, that definitely they go a little bit further than they do in, in, mm. in, in Iron Man 2. Um, it is overtly political um, and I think it's also um, incredibly cool and black people are cooler than white people and everyone knows that and so goes to movies with them in it. You know what I mean? Like honestly, They I don't have to rub our faces in it. Whether, <laughs> The, I, 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 cool, I, the, red, the red skull is not allowed to take part in our discussion of Black Panther. I'm not are. vetoing that right now. Like, like this is the thing, right? I think yeah. this is what everyone's collectively agreed. It's like, oh yeah, they're like sick, you know. And and I guess, but my issue is that I just don't think the film has the narrative strength or the maybe the character strength that it sometimes needs. It also isn't that funny and it do- it oh. struggles with tone a little bit, which I, which, cause it does try to be funny. A but it not, times. it not being funny is kind of a relief, a relief a after so many sure, but little joke it moments. It does so have joke moments that don't, that don't, I don't know. Hmm. I don't, and also the other thing that's not as great about it, it's action scenes aren't that great. Mm, I mean, yeah, fine. The, oh, the, yeah. oh, they're fine, they're not, but they're not top three. They're not. Fine. They're not standout action sequences. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll pay that. But not, I did love the movie. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was a really strong narrative, and I think Chadwick Boseman and the character are great. And mm. yeah, the villain kind of outshone him, but hell, the Joker outshone Batman in Dark Knight. Everyone yeah. still loves that. It's a right, similar right comparison because so. Batman yeah. is also a bit is, is also very one note in a lot of ways. Like yeah, oh, yeah, Black yeah. Black Panther and Batman are really similar. Um... And even in the way they've been adapted, both of them are in comics, like, not only, like, top physical fighters, but genius inventors and scientists, and they kind of, in both cases, split that off into a different character, mm. uh, just to make them... Seem not so... A little bit more grounded, and to give give you a, another character and a chance for dialogue and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, they're really similar. Um, but, you know, Black Panther's obviously carrying the mantle of what it means to be king, which is an interesting hero to have a king you know well aquaman literally did the same thing aquaman has a lot of parallels actually to black panther but i mean slightly different obviously i mean black panther doesn't have dolph lundgren riding a giant seahorse or a, a an octopus playing the drums but it has both of those but they're scrolls so they just look like right, regular people right. in the background <laughs> one of the things i will say that i, I the, one of the things i I ca- another big criticism I have is that I want more animals in Black Panther. That's... It's set in Africa. I yeah, want but you know, giraffes. It's not... I want lions. It's not like Australia I... where there's kangaroos running around. I don't all over care. The place. I want. They're all more... like on the verge of extinction and only kept alive in the basically reserves that are it's used Africa. for it's legal got the hunting. Best wildlife in the world. I don't care if they're they don't. Just... They had rhinos that they were breeding and putting, which is weird. They were putting. They were putting armor on a rhino's horn. Oh, it's probably horn. vibranium. But but rhinos are already so strong. But yeah, but their horns are made of hair. Mm. And vibranium is. Look, I I would I would more panthers could see the wildlife thing working as in the, within Wakanda these species are not under threat. Yeah. Perhaps, but it would would it not feel a little bit like. I don't know. It would feel <laughs> weird that uh, an I'm African sure. movie has to have animals running around all over the They're place. They're wearing... They... they, they, But they, they went unabashedly, like, 
like African fantasy, Pan Africa, like like they went, they have all the different tribes that aren't from any, like they 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 specifically mm. go have like a Moroccan looking guy mm. as one of the tribes of, as well as an Ethiopian looking guy, like they 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 I looked up and all of the tribes are from different parts of the whole African continent mm. yeah. that are supposed to be in this like one little country, like it's a fantasy world that they they totally lean into that. So yeah, like have them fucking riding cheetahs yeah, down but, the road. But it's, I want that. It's a fantasy diaspora of Africanism and the African identity, and that's not really dependent on them riding cheetahs. I don't it's, care. It's in, my, as, in my dreams, it's it's it is. Human beings I want to see a cheetah. A unique, unique cultural aspects that don't involve like it could have been like a cool... riding around on. I but don't they know, did ride around ostriches on... like an avatar or whatever. That's not what they're trying to do they're just but they showing... literally did ride around on rhinos so why can't they ride around on they could it could have been like a Flintstones-esque type thing where they had like where they had like so they shrug at the camera and go it's yeah, a yeah, living where the, where the giraffe is like kind of a crane well and there's like, traffic lights yeah the giraffe is like a traffic light and then he just kind of goes it's a living but like but they feed me well like I don't know I would have loved that shit anyway look I think I think it's also important to acknowledge how much of a step forward Black Panther was in terms of uh, a massive blockbuster that uh, like both made and about made by and about people of color yep. and, and it's it's not perfect in any in in a lot of different aspects but it's kicked off so many conversations oh, about absolutely. that I think there's a lot of really interesting material out there that you can read yep. about dissecting and 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 uh, discussing Black Panther from people who are not three white Australians doing a podcast <laughs> like I'm just saying there absolutely. are there, there are absolutely I think. Black Panther is really important for that kind of jump forward, and I think that's also one of those things where, to to quote the the overused Spider Man line, but with great power, great com- comes great responsibility. Marvel is the biggest yes. comic book movies, mm. like Producer. it's a juggernaut yeah. in the in the world, and they're using they they are when they can, or like in in some ways you sometimes not always because they still haven't made Black Widow, <laughs> but yeah. they could have done that earlier. But they're still this is a good example of them. Taking steps that they couldn't have ever taken in Absolutely. Oh, and if you told anyone ten years that. ago, Black Panther will uh, there will be a Black Panther movie and it will be the biggest comic book movie of the year. I think oh, domestically oh, it was. I can tell oh. you how a Black Panther movie would have looked ten years ago. It would have been Thor. It would have been one black character, yeah. T'Challa, who gets kicked out of Wakanda and then he's surrounded by a white supporting cast and yeah. he has to get back to Wakanda. Yeah. The idea of it being as Wakandan as it was is really impressive and yeah it reminded me of um, there was a Black Panther run by an, a writer called Christopher Priest uh, who launched it and he kind of did it sort of based it in America and the character played by Martin Freeman is kind of like the audience uh, surrogate, surrogate. Mm. and the reason he did that he really wanted to centre Black Panther and kind of Wakanda but he was like well I'm not going to get a comic published purely about black people set in Africa. I, I need a, a white guy who's kind of front and centre so I can kind of uh, kind of sneak in yeah. all of all of the other stuff he wanted to write about. And the fact that it didn't really have to be snuck into this one was really refreshing oh, and great. Look, don't get me wrong, I do agree with all of that and I think it's a f- I think it's an amazing achievement and a fabulous thing. And the fact that it's done so well has just proven to everyone that there is a market for this and and I mean yeah. of and and to give DC credit, um, Wonder Woman was the same. It was a huge success. 
I just wonder how much of the success is actually built. It feels like some of it has been because people have been starved of mm. seeing themselves sure. on screen for so long that they rush to the cinema to see these movies and that's why they do so well as opposed to them actually being good movies. I think if this you know wasn't I mean? a, a cohesive... Uh, piece. I think if this wasn't a, as watchable a movie as it is, it wouldn't have reached those kind of sure. levels. I think sure. it would have. It would have still had some element, some bump from from that of being just the lack of representation, especially yeah. in blockbuster cinema. But I think it wouldn't have reached the heights that it did without also being a well-made movie and one that was made with with telling uh, an interesting story about the, for this with this in mind. Yeah. I so I feel that perhaps that's. I think that's true. I think the probably it's not true for Wonder Woman. Mm. I feel like Wonder Woman does not hold up, yeah. and it it and I bet I bet my bottom dollar the sequel won't either. But that's just that's yeah. my prediction. But anyway, I, look, it's good. It's a good movie. It does it does have some pretty big flaws for me though. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was nice seeing uh, marginalized characters not get shafted Absolutely. like Marvel usually does. And uh, I forgot to say in Avengers, but Black Widow definitely gets shafted in that. Uh, there's a lot of debate about her opening scene, but the bit that kind of always stuck with me was when Hulk hulks out on the helicarrier and her thing is just like run away from Hulk. Whereas, and I think that was just because she's a woman who got shafted, to be frank, because the way that should have gone is Iron Man, who'd been fucking bugging Hulk up until that moment Mm. and just acting like it wasn't even a problem and just like being a jerk should have been the one who had the shit scared out of him by the Hulk rampaging. But it's Black Widow and she just got shafted. Mm. Um, So the fact that, you know, the black characters in this weren't shafted and they actually did justice to the idea is is really great. And I think even beyond that, it was a great movie. I think it's kind of sad, but, you know, also important that the conversations about it are always meta. It's like about Mm. the fact that there was a movie made rather than talking about the movie itself. But hopefully it'll start a whole lot of different movies yeah. like this to the point and where we can just sort of treat them as movies. Like, yeah, and yeah. I am, by saying that, I am just treating it like any other movie. I am trying to judge it based on all the others and, and just look at it as a Marvel film. Um, but, of course, I can't ignore You're all right. Yeah. It is awesome that it's out there, and I completely agree. Uh, I only wrote down a couple of things when I watched this one. One of them was, like, you know when they have their kingship ceremony yeah and it's like oh if anyone wants to challenge come challenge and they they hold it like on top of a waterfall that they just drain like Mm -hmm. minutes before Mm -hmm. the actual thing it would be so slippery (laughs) it would be so slippery you're saying that the fight to the death maybe isn't so ohs friendly but it wasn't just for them because all of the audience and the um they got vibrating uh forest whitaker forest whitaker's (laughs) walking around he's not like he doesn't have superpowers like it would be that well, just be like slipping pool. and falling. You're right. It would be slippery. But although then... I would love it, I also thought it would be great if like the British monarchy tried to do like a bird box challenge style thing to make themselves seem cooler. And they tried. They did like a mock Black Panther ceremony, and they all just like fell off a waterfall and died. And like that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You just wish all the monarchies in the world would just try and be like the, the Black Panther monarchy. Oh, no, I could see them, like, doing it like, you know, a politician would do the ice bucket challenge to right. try and be, like, hip with the kids. Okay. Like, actually, Kamala Harris, I think, just did a Wakanda forever uh, tweet okay. like that. But the monarchy should actually try that, and then they should all perish. So that was my <laughs> Okay, thanks, Kyle. Let's move on. <laughs> so, I do think making a monarchy or a monarch a hero is hard. Yes. And 
interesting and it's pretty pretty amazing that they managed to do that kind of like Tony Stark it's a character that shouldn't really be sympathetic but but yeah we like him in spite of ourselves number two Captain America the Winter Soldier whoa this is very interesting I did not plan this because I gave I did my rankings before I saw yours really yeah 100% so um Steph ranked this at number one Kyle ranked it at number one. It's on 80, 89% at Rotten Tomatoes, which gives it a rank of nine on Rotten Tomatoes. I ranked it at number five. Mm. And we did discuss about how we were doing our rankings and that this was about... Enjoyment? Uh, enjoyment and favourites. Sure, sure, sure. And for me, yeah, yep. like, when it came out, it was probably my favourite Marvel movie of the time. It's bumped down to number five by now. Wow. Um, hey, that's cool. And <laughs> I don't. It's still number five. No, like, no, it's still no. one of the best. It's fine. Hey, you've made your bed. You're gonna sleep in it now, buddy. <laughs> number two on our overall <laughs> no, it's ranking. Well, wow. um, I was sure it would win. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd have it at number two at least, and no. then we. Okay, there you go. My, uh, my. Okay, I'll, I'll give my. We'll, we'll do our top fives after we've yeah. done the full ranking. And we'll go through them quick, again. Yeah, 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 to review. I think. Um, uh, look, for me, this film just summarises everything that I really like about the Marvel Universe. I think I've, pretty much everything I've said already about the Russo brothers, uh, I kind of mean about this. Um, they just... It, 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 it knew what it wanted to be and it delivered on it. And I think from in just in and of itself, that's enough. Like, I just... It, it's a nice... It's a well-made film. Mm. And 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 I, I, I think from all of the films, it's technically the best i enjoy a well-made technical film and it's also captain america who's my favorite Hmm. it's got lots of black widow she's sick in it her hair is the most like um fashion forward in this one it's probably the least favorite from her hair for everyone else but i think she looks great in it um it's got the bucky plotline which is awesome it introduces falcon it's just got a lot of cool shit in it and uh, oh it's got robert redford Mm. which was great i don't know i just think i just think it's a great movie yeah yeah it's really good (laughs) and the 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 infiltration of hydra in shield i did find genuinely surprising like i really didn't see that coming i thought it was pretty unexpected huge twist yeah. yeah and and a good way of um giving cap uh, a real connection to his own past that, and, and addressing that kind of Operation mm. Paperclip stuff that really did happen where mm. like Nazi scientists were brought into the... You know, and not in the shadows, just out no, of the quite open. openly. Um, I don't think they even tried to cover that up. <laughs> yeah, it's got that awesome scene in the um, the fight scene in the... Uh, it's got. Sorry, this is another great thing about it. The Russos do know how to direct a fight scene, mm. r- roughly. Yes. And this is... And it's best on display here. It's got some awesome action set pieces in it mm. the the fight in the lift is sick yep. the fight the 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 freeway fight with cap and mm. um and and bucky and but also um falcon and the blip with the widow are in it and it, that's sick it's just it's got really cool stuff in it it's um and it just knows what it's trying to do and it just pitches it and delivers, mm. which I really like. It makes Batrock the Leaper and Arnim Zola really, really cool. Yeah. They're like the goofiest villains. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's good stuff. Um, I don't know. Do we? It's always funner to talk about bad things and good things. Yeah, yeah I don't think there's much else to say about Captain America 2. I think it's, it's just very good. Um, Should we? Number one. <laughs> 
what's the one left? Mm. I actually can't think of the one. I left. can, but I feel like if if we had like more production, we could like fade in immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course. It is Thor Ragnarok. Woohoo! Number one. I uh, so uh, 92% Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes ranked it at number three. Kyle ranked it at number three. Again, aligning with Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Steph ranked it at number two. I ranked it at number one. And that would be and, why it's number one. Cause and we... it's 57 points. Captain America 2, 56 wow. points. It was on a night Pretty, edge. Pretty close. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I said before, it's, uh, it's pretty much an all-out comedy. Yeah. Um, and it... normally I hate that with a superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, this is one where... I think it's because Taika Waititi is such a, a, um, a, a able to get such finesse with his comedy mm-hmm. and able to manage like other aspects beyond just comedic mm. that that it works and I think it's a really impressive achievement that he managed to make a really goofy Thor movie that is also incredibly entertaining mm. and it's quite openly a, a comedy and also a big fun sci-fi extravaganza. It, it should again shouldn't should kind of sort of like. Civil War and sort of like Infinity War kind of shouldn't work. Mm. Um, kind of shouldn't be... On paper, you're a bit worried about it when you read it. Um, but then you start to see the art, that really psychedelic mm. kind of artwork that started coming out about it. And that's what really... I remember that was what piqued my interest more than anything. Like yeah. thinking, hang on, it doesn't look... Mm. And the way he, he did that sort of 80s kind of... Like... um the sort of the, the way the it was it's got a very 80s style it was just to it, so much more colourful than Doctor Strange yeah which yeah. is shouldn't yeah exactly it's weird in itself yeah, yeah well I, I just are oh, so funny and and so good um the 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 wonderful Jeff um Colplume, mm-hmm. who just steals the show yep. as always I love that Taika just sort of probably gave him a call and was just like Hey, I've got this ridiculous thing. Mm. Are you interested? And mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, mm. I can just imagine that conversation and yeah. just saying, just go with it, just be you, you know. Mm. And I love just the, pointed the camera at him, basically. The stuff about Asgard and how it was just the the downside of its sort of imperial history and mm. all of that sort of thing. I thought worked in really well. Yeah, and I mean, I think that could have been a de- that could one of I guess one of the downsides would be that that. The whole Kate Blanchett sort of, what well, we've never heard of this person before, and we've never, and that it's kind of goes back into that sins of the father mm. aspect of, well, you know, turns out actually mm. this whole thing is a bit of has been a bit of a jo- been of a sort of whitewashed and the, well, the reality it's just, it's behind the, it. Well, it is. You don't get cities of gold that aren't built on you know yeah. rivers of blood. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. Yeah, and I, do, I think Kate Blanchett does an amazing job in. This. Oh, she's like, she's, she's great. Just and, uh, uh, Tessa Thompson yeah. is fucking incredible. Um, all the stuff with Hulk, like they worked in the Planet Hulk storyline, which is a yeah. really fun storyline for the comics. They just worked in elements of it. Yeah, uh, I really like Hulk in this movie. I yeah. think it's a perfect way of using Hulk, where he's just part of the universe. You don't yeah. have to make a whole movie about him, but you can just have him there as a force. The relationship of how he's much happier there and is just like I'm good to just chill out and hmm. be the strongest one yeah and uh, the fight between Thor and Hulk is really really fun yeah I love that fight I, I love that, that they just kind of have like a because they're both 
super powerful that they just kind of like scrap all the time and yeah. it's just kind of part of their friendship <laughs> yeah oh um, uh, yeah built on a really fun and kind of unexpected chemistry they had in the first avengers yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. I, I love that which in that, was yeah. only given a couple of tiny little glimpses yeah, yeah. And it's beautiful to see that really paid off here i mean the, the line about like we know each other he's a friend from work yeah it's such a yeah. great like yeah um, which apparently was written by a kid Oh yeah. really? It was apparently um, the story is that it was like a Wank a Wish kid oh, that was cool. on set, nice. and um, he was just talking to them and talked oh, to th- and talking okay. to Taika, and he was like, he could say he's my friend from work, and oh. they were like, that's a great line. Just, that, that, I always yeah. like it feels like a very uh, like Kiwi humor line in a way. Like yeah. you feel like you could see that 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 kind of that, that kind of humor of like just taking this big thing but then undercutting yeah. it with this very relatable kind yeah. of thing. But it's it's fun. Like it's, yeah, it's very cute. I, I I um. I, I think Taika is a genius. I mean, so you've got to be very clever. I mean, he's clever enough to, I guess, understand. Like, he's got to have some sort of sense of self-reflection to go, I know why they hired me. Yeah. I know why I'm here. I'm going to do what I do in this world. Mm. But it's also a sign that of it's the perfect example of the stage three Marvel of just giving direct directors understanding the world that they have to be in. Mm. And I guess it's only it's only you something that they could have done in stage. They struggled earlier. They struggled with an mm. Edgar Wright earlier because Marvel weren't comfortable in the position that they were mm. to to give that sort of freedom to a director mm. because they there was too much up at stake. But by the time you know Doctor Strange had come out, by the time Ant Man had come out, by the time. Uh, Civil War had come mm. out. They were at a point where they could start to take real risks because mm. what was there to lose? Mm. Like not much. Yeah. And and I think Taika realized that and was like, oh, I'm gonna make like indigenous coloured flags on the mm. on the things, and I'm gonna make it this, and I'm gonna hire Jeff Goldblum and just to just do a parody of himself, mm. and it'll be funny. And yeah, it's um, oh yeah, and I also my favorite Hulk performance as well. My favorite um. Uh, Mark Ruffalo going full comedy, going full Woody Allen, mm. yeah. is hel- it will never not be funny to me. <laughs> that 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 scene where he wakes up out of Hulk for the first yeah. time and he's like, "What the hell is he's going been on?" For like years. And he's yeah. like, "Oh my god, what? I'm freaking out, man!" And, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. Janet Van Dyne reaction. Yeah. Yeah. that's what we want to see is and him the, just freak out. It's kind of like uh, Sam Rockwell's character back in Galaxy Quest. I'm yes. just being like, yeah. just like, "Oh god, why am I on another planet? Like, yeah. I should not be here." And <laughs> just, it's it's very it's very. Fun finally get a talking Hulk which they've always yeah. shied away from like they've done little bits they've had like like uh, Puny God yeah. and they've, they've had yeah, like one or two yeah but it's, it's nice to give him they, like, they've always seemed scared of it but yeah. then here here is just talking well, it's like, like I'm glad they've finally crossed that yeah uh, and that's line. also part of like Planet Hulk being yeah. there as well is that it's just um, you know he always talks a lot more in Planet mm. Hulk in the comics because he's he's just more himself and he's more capable he's more comfortable just and he's been in that void vo- like he's been Hulk for years now so yeah. he can just he's obviously learnt yeah. to as part of as his Hulk world now look it's um it's a deserving number one yeah, I think so absolutely yes well, that's that's all of them. So let's do a quick uh, rundown Jesus. of what our top five were. <laughs> Kyle's number five. Number five was Spider-Man: Homecoming. Number four was Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three was Thor: Ragnarok. Number two was Iron Man three, and number one was Captain America. See, I still Soldier. feel like I could just switch these around. Mm. Yeah, like I think I've got a sort of top five and a yeah. bottom five. Yeah, but yeah, I think middle, that's, that's kind pretty, of where I sit yeah, too. Me too. Yeah. I think my bottom five 
were the same movies as our aggregate bottom five, but in a different order. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we're all roughly around. Yeah, the we're, same. there's a lot of similarities there. Steph's top five: number five, Guardians of the Galaxy; number four, Captain America: Civil War; number three, Avengers: Infinity War; number two, Thor: Ragnarok; and number one, Captain America: Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. My top five were Winter Soldier; number four, Spider-Man: Homecoming; number three, Thor: One. Number two, Black Panther, and number one, Thor Ragnarok. I like that we sort of have um, our own little favourites in there. Like, yeah. I've got my Infinity War in there, which mm. is, you've got Iron Man 3 and you've got Thor I've in there, Thor. like, which yeah. are all like a little kind but of... But after talking about it, I kind of feel like I should swap out Iron Man 3 with Black Panther. Like, depending on any, at any yeah. given moment, mm. that might change, but yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, it's been a bit of a marathon, but uh, we wanted to get through it. We wanted to do our definitive reading. It's been 10 years of Marvel. Congratulations, Kevin Feige, yeah. on your amazing achievement. Good on you. Get yeah. out once phase three is over. Yeah. <laughs> like, not because not I think we need a new, like, person in charge. I just think, like, if I was him, I'd be like... Leave while you're ahead, mate. Yeah, there's no way that... that <laughs> I guess they're just waiting for the Fox deal to come through, right? I yeah. guess so. Yeah. And so, uh, this year, we've got Captain Marvel. Woohoo! And, uh, and Endgame. Endgame and uh, Sp- is that this year? Spider-Man? Yep, Spider-Man okay. Far From Home. That'll be amazing. And then who knows from there, I guess it'll be Secret Wars, baby! Scrolls. That's what I want. Do you reckon anyway. we'll do Secret Wars after Captain Marvel? Look, like, maybe not. Because I, I, I don't know if they're going to just work Secret Wars into Endgame. I think you're thinking of Secret Invasion. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You're I'm right. Secret, Secret Wars invasion. is where everyone gets yeah. transported to Battle Yes, World. my bad. Not, not Secret Wars, Secret <laughs> Invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but... I kind of think that's the, the easiest thing to do next because they'll yeah. be able to really switch it up. And Someone will die and then they'll turn into a scroll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll oh, should we? Uh, should I put on record my theory for how Endgame? What happens with Endgame? Go for it. Uh, just the, the the general thing I think they're working towards is that there are six Infinity Stones and there are six original Avengers, mm-hmm. all of whom are still alive. I think there's going to be some sort of combination of like the six of them will have to work together to use the six infinity stones yep. because they can't all hold it as one person. Mm. I don't know how they're going to get there, but that's my general vibe is six Avengers, six yep. infinity stones. Sacrifice. That will be, that will be the, yeah, the big sacrifice and the yeah. big sort of reset. Uh, I, al- I yeah. also, yep, I, I think, I do not think it's a coincidence that there are six infinity stones, six original Avengers, and they're all still alive after Thanos' mm. click. Yeah. I think that's not a coincidence. Um, I think time travel will be involved, oh, and no, obviously, and I think they're going to go back to the Battle of New York. Mm. Well, there's yeah. already been set photos. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you? Any? any yeah, no, I'm roughly the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ant Man will be involved, which will be good because he's always good. Oh, yeah, and Loki's probably not dead. <laughs> well, he's getting his own TV show, and then there's Loki's TV show, and um, Black Widow and and and, uh, and uh, Vision. Scarlet Witch and Vision. Sorry. Scarlet Witch and Vision. Okay, we've been mm. talking about these characters for too long. Getting my words mixed up. Listeners, thank you. We don't know if we'll ever be back again. Maybe one day. That'd mm. be cool. We'll see how we go. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, gents. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.